Welcome, uh, welcome to the show. This is uh, Let's Do the Whole Thing. Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio, Emily Dean, Pierre Navelli, Text 81215, X and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, email via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Guess what? We have another guest. Is that two guests in three weeks? Yeah. yeah. I don't even like guests. <laughs> How did you can't this happen? start the show by saying I don't even like guests. Well, look, sometimes guests are amazing. <laughs> And sometimes guests are like, you know, when you're at walking and you think, oh, am I going to stop to take this stone out of my shoe or am I going to go all the way home? <laughs> Maybe it'll work its way around to the front, a little yeah. archway under the toes and sit there for a bit. That's what guests are generally like. Although I love Tim Key. I think he's the second, no, third funniest man on the planet. And you like Ross Noble. Can you establish that? Yeah, I like Ross Noble as well. I'm just saying, you know, generally speaking... Uh, they're a pain in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so guess I want to ask your um, help. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to ask your advice. And I had an incident this week. I don't know if you'll be able to help me with this, Emily, as much as I love you, but I feel it might be a little out of your strata. Well, I'll leave you gentlemen I'll to give, talk business. I'll give you a clue why. I was on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a bus, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you two, yeah. and I don't know if it happens outside of London, but I bet it does. Suddenly, I'm, I've got me, uh, me headphones, earplugs, whatever they're called, multiple choice, those things you put in your ears in yeah. order to attain music or the human voice. Yeah. Buds. Not buds. Bad for you, apparently, I heard. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get back to that. And um, you hear, you know there's an announcement on the bus. So I take my thing out and a sign comes up that says, um, the bus terminates here. And a guy said next to me, he said, don't get off. I said, I think we have to get off. He said, don't get off. All of you, don't get off. <laughs> he said... Mutiny. Yeah. He said... He said um, I like all of you. He said, when we, uh, when we slide that travel card across the pad, we enter into a contract <laughs> with this company. If we don't get off, he has to take us to our destination. And I thought, this is brilliant, because <laughs> I don't want to get off. You know, it's raining. And it's so... Why, why does it happen? They uh, to even out the service, or there's a something to sort of even breakdown. out the service, as this guy <laughs> said to me, because we're on our way to Hampstead, which we don't know is quite posh, but yeah. you go through oh, some yeah. less posh area, like every part of London, there's a mix up. And this guy said to me, but. What, you can't drop us here? This is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> in other words, this is nowhere near the nice place that I live. <laughs> As opposed to in central London. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was actually about, I suppose, a mile from where he lives. But um, So that people started um, filing off, and this guy was going, no... D- <laughs> if we stay, they have. I don't know if they do have to take us. No, of course they don't. Do they not? But, 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 but what would happen? They contra- they're, not, they're not an ambulance. Well, they have entered into a contract, haven't they? Well, you say that, some of the people look like the, it may as well on be On the an front ambulance. of the bus, it said Hampstead Heath. But they, uh, you enter into a sort of agreement, but then they'll, they'll be able to say, well... For our own reasons, we can no longer do that. For Another our bus. own reasons. That's how it goes. Plenty of stuff in contracts that say that. This guy sounds like one of those sovereign citizens. No, I was with this guy totally. <laughs> I really hate when the bus just stops. It's an absolute outrage. It was like 11 o'clock at night. There was old people. Yeah. What did you say to the driver? Did you say, you better lawyer oh, I up? I didn't talk to the driver. <laughs> did you tell him to lawyer up? That this guy would be have pointless. This, this, this guy people were br- saying, why have we stopped? He was going, like, I, I don't know. I don't know why. Do these guys? Did the guy saying this have a brace of pistols across his chest? And I sort wish of a he catalyst? had. I, I was very, very frustrated when they just stop it in the middle. I don't believe there's a reason like that. Is it like maximum driving time? The driver has to just stop. Well, would they have a bit more notice of that? Yeah. I think it's like the driver getting a text from. Uh, an ex and thinking, <laughs> oh, not far from here, actually. <laughs> right, everybody off. Yeah. Also, why do they have a little bag when they get off? They often have a yeah. little suitcase. Well, I'm thinking after that experience, it might be a revolver. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. 
Yes, I'd love if anyone can explain. I, I'm I'm surprised that you've sided with um, the establishment, Pierre. I think it's I'm more not. that this guy who says there's a contract is not correct. He's, well, he's made think, that up. I think an old person gets on this. This is standing in town. It's raining, feeling a little afraid of the world. Mm. I'm talking about me. <laughs> and um, a boss comes beautifully lit. It's got the name of where you live on the front of it. You get on. If he'd said to me when I got on, this is not going all the way, I thought, well, that's fair, I wouldn't have got on. But mm-hmm. to have got on and then suddenly, <laughs> out of the blue, to just drop me in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's outrageous. I was on a, a tube train. I'm sorry if you live outside of London, but let's call it a train. Mm. Suddenly there was an announcement that said, we won't be stopping at the next nine stops. Uh, which, uh, what? I mean, yeah. Nine? Yeah. Now, what? And then they just went straight to the final destination. They just sailed through. Well, you got one chance to get off, but you had to get off a long way from home. Um, to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, when they suddenly go, uh, if you're on the, again, this is very London-centric, but the circle line, where they go, the train's going backwards now. Do they do that? It's going the other way Mm -hmm. now. This is a different line now. No, but I I really think, I'm with the people rising up, that's what I'm saying, I'm with this guy (laughs) and against Novelli. Rise up. (laughs) Novelli. I'll tell you something, I'll tell you what happened. Yeah. Look, I admire, I love... um, Someone's that, got a phone on. That could on. be my phone because culprit, I, I, I was having a few. Um, that's the... my fault. God, I've ru- I have ruined <laughs> this show. I did that years ago, Ben. No, you didn't. You make it <laughs> anyway. Look, I, I I admire spontaneity, but not in timetabling, transport. Of transport. No. No, I don't want ca- I don't want colourful characters when it comes to timetables. But um, what happened? Yeah, and this would have been this would have been your fate. <laughs> Novelli. He said some people, of course, as soon as we were told to get off the bus, they couldn't wait to be obedient. <laughs> so they all got off really quite quickly. Frank like manages to present the reasonable as so unreasonable. I, don't, I honestly, I think it's outrageous to just say, right, we're stopping now. I think it's a scandal. I can't believe you guys are taking it so well. Just talking about it is making me seethe. <laughs> My, there is a nits outbreak at my kids' school. <laughs> but anyway, so... Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yes, yeah, so they all got off. I said to the guy, well, this is not going to work. I was sitting next to him <laughs> in hope that we could uh, we could start an enormous movement. Yeah. But obviously the toilet was miles away. <laughs> so... Um, they all got off very... Well, so quick to be... Ob- oh, well, come on, off we go. And off they all went up the road. And so we sat there arguing with the... Or people were arguing with the driver. I was talking to Wolfie Smith next to me about rising up. <laughs> yeah. And then he suddenly looks around and goes, oh, here's another, another boss. So another boss, the same number, had pulled up. So the people who were left, we all got on that. Oh, okay. So then we were back on a bus, and man, did I enjoy yes. passing the obedient ones walking <laughs> up the road in the rain. <laughs> I just looking down from the window, but yeah, thinking, enjoy your walk, driver's pets. <laughs> but why had they left the bus stop? Because it was late at night, they probably had like half a mile, a mile, they gave up. Did they just think, well, it's London, what are the chances of there being more than one bus? Well, it was late. Do I have to say it a thousand <laughs> times? Very strange behaviour to abandon. Well, I can't. I can't believe your attitude. I'm starting to think. <laughs> what do you go home by handsome cab? <laughs> I go home the way the bus drivers tell me to. I know yes. you do. I think we need to rise up. I agree. People just can't stop. Bosses, where they I'm just oddly can't. on your side. I'm sort of somewhere between you two, but I'm oddly going towards your side simply because I hate the little self-important bag they take with them, the little <laughs> briefcase the driver takes yeah, if he's on his way to a meeting. Yeah, yeah I um, ditch the bag. I was waiting to get on a bus in a in a stop last night, and the driver went upstairs <laughs> with a torch to have mm. a look if anyone has left anything up there or stuff. Oh. I thought just put the lights on. <laughs> There's lights. Yeah, that is odd. Oh, it's it's really you know we're being told to use public transport. Instead, public transport is using us. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio.
Frank Ruth Jordan, yes, mm. our regular, has been in touch to say the they've entered into a contract man. Yes. Sounds a bit like the this is legal tender people. Yes. Would you agree? Yes, I have eight of those conversations whenever <laughs> I get back from the Edinburgh Festival. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but those are good people. Yeah. We think we've been taught by the establishment to think of them as annoying nerds. In fact, they're freedom fighters. They're responsible for change. Without these people, there is no change. <laughs> well, there's no change if it's not legal tender. <laughs> I think these people are mainly responsible for the domains of websites called things like truth.net. You. <laughs> you. I've gone straight over to these people now. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm really with it. You're, make, you're sending me, you're driving me to these people. Yeah, there is. barely ever at home <laughs> swinging a rhino whip at rioters. <laughs> there is never any fun maintaining the status quo. <laughs> I um, <laughs> I went to the dentist. It was a bit of a historic moment yesterday that our family, my child, who's 11, had his first extractions. Oh, mm. how was it? At the dentist. So he had like three injections in the gum and two teeth out. It was really? stressful. Ooh. He was. Um, I, I thought, didn't know you had teeth out. Like they start them young. Well, the trouble is, if your milkos, oh. if your milkos, if they don't go, uh, if they hang around, <laughs> then your real ones can't come okay. through. If you remember for years, Elton John's milk hair hung around in a thin, wispy form, and eventually he got rid of it, and then his adult hair grow, grew through. Oh no! <laughs> so it's it's a bit like that. Yeah. So it, it's getting overcrowded. Okay. In there. A bit like your bus. Yeah. So what happened? So um. Your so, dentist is this the celebrity dentist? Well, my dentist is someone who was the first gig I ever did. He was also on the bill. Do you know about this? What? Yeah. He's, I, I thought it, you meant celebrity dentist as in dentist to the stars no he's a, to, no, no, he was a comic he was David a comic <laughs> no he isn't <laughs> no, that's, that would be a bit uh, marathon man <laughs> it's insane so um, so he was a, a comedian yeah he still uh, still writes stuff he wrote for um, no I know I'm alarmed as well Pierre when he first told me but he is a very good dentist oh. he wrote for um, Griff Reese Jones oh wow Anyway, and other things that don't recommend me to a dentist, particularly. No, this, he's, he's this dentist has credits out the door. <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, I want to see some sort of degree. He was always or a he was always a dentist through that period. He's always been like obsessed with dentistry whilst being a, a, a successful. Oh, so man. it was a kind of Adam Kay type scenario. He had the training. He didn't talk about dentistry though. His act was was basically um, glove puppets and fooling around. Who's Adam Kay in reverse? Yeah. Can we just establish? Is, have you seen paperwork? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> have you seen. To you, say that he's a. Well, just, no, I haven't checked the walls. His walls we, have got pictures do you think, of uh, like Ken Dodd on them and stuff. Do you think he likes dentistry because it is a sort of extension of the glove puppet idea? <laughs> that you are his glove puppet? Well, I think what he likes about getting me in the chair is that he can make um, wisecracks and I can't do my bit of it, which for me of course is an enormous frustration because I'm thinking of a great jump in line yeah. and I'm just oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Sometimes I mean even if he's just checking them up he just puts a load of cotton wool in there anyway, <laughs> so he can do his jokes. He is very lovely, but um, mm. anyway, we got to the point where it was clear that two of these teeth had to come out and then dot 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 Sorry, my three aunties have just arrived. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So, toast. My son is in the chair mm. and um, he gets a bit... He's got shades on because oh. um, my dentist put... I don't know if every dentist does this. So there's, there's stuff flying about and they don't want it to fly in yeah. your eyes. We're going to find Frank saying after everything, I don't know if every dentist does this. <laughs> no, and find out no, no dentist does any of this. <laughs> fact, of every a lot of comedians do. But he's great. He's lying in the chair. You know, he's got a shock of um, ginger curls. Mm. And then he's curl. got shades on and he's got one of those... Um, 
those little cotton wool things that looks like a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. It was like being in height Ashbury in like <laughs> 1971. <laughs> so anyway, he starts having a bit of a, I don't, you know, I'm, he's worried. He, he sees the implements. Yeah. I'm worried. And he starts with a small implement and then he gets like quite a big, like a monkey wrench thing out. And um, Bozzy's saying, do you have to use that one? He said, well, I've got to, because I've got to really pull it. And um, I said, shall I put some kiss on? Yeah. Uh, and he said, yeah, all right. So um, we put kiss on. He looked, Kiss is his favourite band. And the whole mood changed. Suddenly became brave, confident. Ah. Yeah. Detroit Rock City. Feel up tight on a Saturday night, and and, he, and it was great. Changed everything. And we had it on really loud. See, a lot of dentists they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have that. So, um, and I said to him in the midst of it, "Look, I'll get you. Uh, you could have bubble tea after, <laughs> just to keep you know a parents the reward system. Yes, it's like the old dog biscuit on the end of the nose. Yeah." <laughs> um, so then we went to the bubble tea thing and um, I, I bought him a Metallica T-shirt as well. I was so uh-huh. proud of him. But anyway, we went to the bubble tea. Now, I'd had, last time we'd gone to the bubble tea, we went to the one near, near to us. Because, you know, I'm a bit of a bubble tea enthusiast. You love it. Yeah. Is it Korean, by the way? Excuse my ignorance. Is it Korean? Is it? I thought you might. Just from it. Hong Kong. Isn't oh, is it Hong Kong? Okay. Anyway, oh, I don't know. Tracks I don't know. Frank Skinner I don't, in I the never studio. asked about its history. I never well, clicked its his history, history section on Wikipedia. I'm intrigued by its history. <laughs> Where are these bubbles from? Were you wearing um, the same sort of little glasses from the dentist in case you got shot in the eye again? No, no, we were just wedded, <laughs> and um, I said to the lady. <laughs> Can we have Boz has um, he has strawberry with uh, passion fruit boba, and um, I like the way he says boba. <laughs> yeah, boba. you know the boba. <laughs> I called them spice dumplings for years, yes. but apparently their actual name is the boba. I asked for it without those once. I went to bubble tea. I said, "Excuse me, well, I don't like ball. <laughs> no, no bubbles. I don't like. T- I've got texture issues." And I said, excuse me, can I have it without the balls? Oh, no. <laughs> and he went, what? And yeah. I said, I don't like the balls. I like it, but I, the ball, I don't want the balls. He went, there's bubble tea. Yeah. This is all it's for. <laughs> I want it. He wouldn't let me go no. ballless. No, well, that's crazy. OK. I mean, what, what, what are you thinking of? <laughs> Songs, Bobber? <laughs> Not I. Anyway, I had, there was a basic fundamental problem which I, I find sometimes with people who are um, operating in shops and baristas and stuff. I'll tell you in a minute. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. I've got to say, while I was at the dentist, uh, Boz, my son, uh, my, my, my dentist, Simon, hadn't heard that track yet, so he put it on. And there is a thing, he's he's a bit younger than me, Simon, but not much. There's a bit of a thing when John Lennon's voice comes in. If you look into the eyes of people of a certain age around, we both teared up a bit. And I said to him, it's John. (laughs) You forget, we didn't actually use their surname. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I really like it. It's good. Um, oh, and, Frank, um, you've had a great review from your gig last night. Just thought I'd pass. Oh, go on, chuck it in. I don't mind praise for the gig. It's just praise for this show while Richard I'm on the was, show. Uh, he was second row. Oh yeah. He just said it was fantastic. And there's a lot of chat about Mandy Patinkin is coming yeah. out today. Yeah, that's, so let's not there. go into that. Cause okay. It's part of the set. Okay. <laughs> Trade secrets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, we've had a few. So. Oh, actually, I know. I did talk about this last night on stage. I was in. Um, I was. I was on about the bubble tea thing. Mm. Occasionally. I get one of these people serving me who talks like me. Yes. Oh, the super yeah. quiet people. Yes, yes, oh. yes. And there's <laughs> ambient music in there as well. And I said, um, I was asking someone about um, the, the the tea. I, I knew what Boz was going to have, but I was I was asking about the flavours. And she said, oh, we got I said, I, I can't. I heard Bob. I heard Bobber. Uh, Bobber. Uh. And I leaned in and she said, no, I was saying the word. And I leaned in a bit, and there's only so far 
that uh, a grey-haired male celebrity <laughs> is prepared to lean in in that situation with a female assistant before you start thinking, this is my career what on you, the line. What you need is a big ear trumpet. Yeah, to, I need to get one of those. To keep your face away from the quiet people. I felt my phone went in my pocket and I thought I've leaned in so far to this woman... She's Bluetooth me the Wi-Fi <laughs> password. <laughs> so um, it really, oh man! Ironically, quiet the, people. The people who are the receptionists at my dentist are like that, and I can't hear any of the things well, that they say. Well, I've I've adopted the um, "What is the matter?" kind of tone. <laughs> so if they say, blah, 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 I go, "What?" Yeah. What? I think you have to go to retired colonel. <laughs> yeah, you have to go. This is your fault. It's not my fault. What? But, um, Paul the Baggy from oh, yeah. Solihull has got in touch. Morning all. Did I hear correctly, Frank, say the dentist has pictures of Ken Dodd on the wall? That's right. Were these after pictures? That would be good. Like going to see a doctor with beautifully framed malpractice court judgments hanging proudly on the wall. No, um, what? It's si- an odd choice for a dentist. Simon, um, don't do this. Simon <laughs> took a mould of all his comedian um, customers because he wanted to make a teeth sculpture of their of comedians' teeth. And the jewel in the crown was to be in the crown. <laughs> that would be a good dentist. Oh, yes. oh my dentist jewel in the crown. Yes, you? Um, was to be Ken Dodd's um, teeth, uh, but uh, Ken wouldn't wouldn't agree. Oh, that's because mm. he wasn't. He was wanted to see some documentation. <laughs> yeah, I hate those people, pedants. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. You know, I'm getting the fear. I was about to read this email. Mm. Full disclosure, I got the fear when I was about to read it. Do you know why? A few shows ago, regular readers might recall I read an email out twice. Oh, yes. Do you remember that? Uh. And do you know, I've woken up in the middle of the night probably four times since (laughs) that moment in a, a white fear sweating oh no and now I'm getting the fear every time I see an email well I don't think we've read any yet yet have we preemptive yeah. deja vu me talking will you promise to s- stop me Pierre did stop you but I think we both thought you let me go on for a long time well because sometimes we weren't sure we thought it was a coincidence someone who had a very similar turn of phrase yeah Honestly, I would have stopped you. I thought, well, it can't be the same one. It's Emily. She's a pro. Wouldn't happen. Oh, a sign no. of great faith, in a way. Exactly. I can, I can never move on from there. <laughs> uh, 813. I'm feeling stiff with stress, so I need you to come in. <laughs> it's, you're making it so tempting to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> OK, it starts Frank. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it rings a bell. Yeah. I don't think Emily will join your mutiny on the buses. <laughs> Very good. It's good. There was a boss call. There was a film called Mutiny on the Bus. I know, but have know. we read this? No. No. Okay, great. Frank, I don't think Emily will join your mutiny on the buses, given that about a decade ago, she was bold enough to ask a bus driver if he'd drop her off at home because she couldn't <laughs> be bothered walking. And the driver obliged. This is absolutely true, by the Fantastic. way. Fantastic. Confidence. You can't turn your yeah. back on a gesture like that. I always think of the 12 paraffin <laughs> heaters in Oldbury Woolworths when I was a child. Um, three men in overalls walked into Oldbury Woolworths and uh, in two or three journeys they loaded 12 paraffin heaters onto their van and drove off. <laughs> and they were thieves. <laughs> But they were thieves with such immense confidence that not even the staff questioned them. They all just went, yeah. <laughs> they thought, well, obviously, three blokes in overalls not going to come in and take the paraffin eaters in broad daylight illegally. Yes. So and it's a bit like that. Pierre, however, has some explaining to do. This is from Andy Wood, one of our regulars in, yeah. uh, as you know, West Yorkshire, Bronte country. What do I have to explain? I have to explain the concept of loyalty to this man, <laughs> do I? Take it up with Andy Wood. What's, it, what's he got to explain? Well, I presume that he had a slightly different response to the bus incident. Well, there you mm. go. Yeah, quite right. I'm, I'm with um, Andy Wood on, on this. <laughs> is, this is, is this what they call uh, Pierre pressure? <laughs> oh. oh. 
Oh, uh, I'd, I'd watch that show. Yeah, you oh. should. That could be your thing. Last time Tim Keat was in, I suggested that he did um, like a show, like a big long <laughs> show with all his best stuff in called TK Maxx. Oh, <laughs> Has he done it yet? Yeah, he sniff, he's sniffy about it. Well, his middle name is uh, D. I think he said there's a D in there somewhere. So TDK, he's not. He didn't make enough of that in the eighties. No, he's honestly, he's got titles just going to waste <laughs> through the keyhole. Could be a sort yeah. of colonoscopy themed show. <clears throat> All his books combined into one of those um, box sets that you get in the works. You know those ones <laughs> yeah. that are in like a sleeve, big cellophane. That could be called bunch of keys. Oh, oh come on. Anyway, we should probably. Um, well, we won't suggest them to him because he'll just be... He off, won't like you know, it. You know, but like Pierre it. Pressure... He hates suggestions. Pierre Pressure, I, I would could, really... I'd watch that. Could yeah. I, that be I host a show where I gradually up the amount of money that I offer to contestants to do something horrible? Well, you could... <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. host. I keep saying to them, I think you were cool if you did it. I think you released... I think you were really cool. And there's got to be an element of wild, dangerous animals being released on people. Yeah, yeah, Well, yeah. you could do... a. Uh, a chat show in a decompression chamber <laughs> called Pierre Pressure. <laughs> and then uh, if and in the end the last remainer. Also, do you remember that, that other The last remainer. Do you remember that <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that other uh, TV show in a decompression chamber, Cheggers Goes Pop? <laughs> remember that? Thank <laughs> sake. God bless his soul. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Can I ask you um, a, um, a general life question? Sure. Yeah. Uh, were you on rereading books? Oh, I do it quite frequently. See, I used to think it was a t- because there's so many books, so little time. Yeah. It was insane to reread I a don't, book. I don't do it much at all. I've lapsed into Have it. You? Yeah. Well, I've I thought, it takes all the risk. Well, it doesn't take all the risk out of it. I think you should take laps out of that. That's got negative connotations. There's nothing wrong with rereading. What broke you, Frank? What broke me was I read a couple of rob. Well, I read 20, 30, 40 pages of a couple of rubbish books, and I thought, oh, you know, what yeah. I need to do is to. Oh, also, I was in the cleanser. I was in the Oxfam bookshop. I'm told that Oxfam were the now the biggest booksellers in Britain. All right. Yeah. Um, and I saw... Um, and 80% of them are James Patterson novels. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's a lot of Grisham. Yeah. yeah. Oh, be good to know what their biggest um, Da Vinci codes will yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Didn't oh, somebody yeah. do a work of art based on pulping thousands of Da Vinci codes that he got from charity shop. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a good idea. And then he made it into a new book. He pulped them into a new book. Mm. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, Go on. So I was in there and I saw um, an abridged penguin. I didn't okay. see an abridged penguin. It wasn't roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> and a bridge penguin, um, Life of Samuel Johnson by James Boswell. Now, I've read the full length one of those, but that actual edition with the same cover and everything, I bought when I was a student, and it was absolute a life changer. Mm. It just it changed. It really was a proper life changer. So when I saw the same edition, I had my, my heart rose up, and I thought, I'm going to read that again and just see and it's still brilliant you know sometimes when I saw um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid five years later it was a film I told everyone was brilliant and turned out I was wrong oh yeah so, and I uh, think that you should approach it in the same way that you would a film I think factual is easier to reread yeah because you're sort of almost because you know what happens anyway for you maybe yeah. Well, like I don't know. I think if if I'm going to reread a, a, a book that's fiction with a story, it better it better be one one hell of a story to warrant that level of. Well, don't you worry. There's some again. stories out there. Yeah, I've read. Uh, I've read Tinker Tailor. But you know, Heraclitus said that you can't step into the same river twice. No, he told me that as well. Yeah, because he says you're a different person, <laughs> and the river has moved on. And and I'm a different person since I first read that book. Yeah. And so the book becomes a different book. You could argue that. What about that? I bought Frank a book last week. Did you? You did? Oh, we yes, had a lovely... Did. It was really nice, that, Frank, wasn't it? We, we had a little walk. We had oh. a little walk. And I... When we were in the book section, Frank always goes straight to poetry. 
straight to poetry. And Frank said, we need to pay for these. Where's the man? And what I liked is a character... He looked lovely, very bookish. He said, I'm the man. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah, he identified said, himself. Yeah, he, he recognised himself as, as, <laughs> as the man. And, yeah. uh, and she bought me a book. Yeah. Two quid. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah. what was it? Oh, it was a small W.B. <laughs> Yates collection. Oh, a nice. terrible beauty is born. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a yes. bit of uh, Coleridge for myself. Thank you. Oh. Um, so yeah, I'd love to know. I'd love to know what the life is. This, this is a rubbish thing. If I ask people what their life-changing book is, is that a bit no. Radio Four? Radio no. Bore. Is that what it is? <laughs> oh, God. Is that what it is? Radio Bore. Um, uh, may I just quickly interject? Oh, we have to go. The producer's giving me one of those looks. Oh, I okay. know. Okay. I know. Yeah. Frank Skinner on We're getting the Tim Key questions in already. Oh, okay. Just FYI. Well, that's not. That's why it comes. Well, I am. We I'm just not giving you a heads up. Yeah. We've heard from John Hopkins. Mm. Oh, Hopkins. <laughs> And uh, on, the, on the subject of odd photos in waiting rooms. Oh, yeah. He says, in the 80s, my mum used to inexplicably take me to have my hair cut at a garage. And the only photos that adorned their walls were Alan Sunderland, Leo Sayer, and comedian Lenny Bennett. Who <laughs> <laughs> all that curly perm? He says three horrendous perm wearers. Yeah. Mm. The perm garage. I have to say, if I was taking a child into a garage in that... Period. I'd be glad if that was the only pictures on the walls. <laughs> I used to have a. My it wasn't the curls the I'd be most worried about. <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> I used to have my hair cut at a barber's in a in a garage, like near a, next to really? a, like a forecourt. Yeah. Is that a like thing? Like a forecourt? I don't like the sound of this. No, I don't. I'm not familiar with that. It was almost like part of the buildings around the forecourt. My dentist has got a, a Cooper um, he makes barrels. section. No. <laughs> this guy's got, got a lot of hobbies, Frank. He's got a Cooper section, which is like a bookcase, and it's got like a picture of Alice Cooper on it. Daisy May Cooper's book. is on it. There's a Tommy Cooper model. <laughs> Sorry, this isn't your dentist again. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any pies this man doesn't have his fingers immersed in? Well, he's got them in the Cooper pie. <laughs> Frank, Mark has been in touch. My dear Frank and team. Hmm. Oh, I like my dear. I like this. Yes, It's a bit Oscar dear. Wilde and Bosey. Uh, an early warning to us all. OK. My family and I enjoyed a villa holiday in Andalusia oh, about nice. six years ago. He lost me at Villa. (laughs) (laughs) Last year, we revisited the same holiday destination. Yeah. In my downtime from family holiday stuff, I enjoyed reading an exciting John le Carré spy thriller, after which my wife asked whether it was worth reading. I replied that it was indeed a good read, but somewhat derivative. I flipped to the front page to see my name inscribed there with the date six years earlier. Oh, wow. <laughs> All the best, Mark. <laughs> wow. Gosh. So if you, I mean, they're all, about, they're all about the endings, aren't he'd, they, those books? He'd mm. forgotten he'd left the he'd same left copy it. in yes. the holiday yes. home. Oh, my God. No, but that, that book I was on about, um, I, I went around quoting from that book. I still do it now. Me and a mate, I read it and then I gave it to my mate to read, Ralph the Ripper. Mm. And um, we just quoted from it all the time. It really You're was. just going to let that go. <laughs> yes. Um, Can you it... deal with this, the, the mate? When you say Ripper. <laughs> well, he fell in love with a, a, a woman oh, and no. um, he, he carved, his, he carved oh, her name no. on his forearm. Oh. With a, a, a small... Um, Pointy metal thing. A device. A device, yeah. Ralph a car- the self- A forearm carving device. A forearm carving oh, device. Okay. Ralph the self ripper. Yeah, oh yeah, he only ripped the ear. He was a nice, kind gentleman, but he was a, he, he fell he fell big when yeah. he fell in love. Yes. <laughs> that My was, friend- if anything was gonna make you change your mind about a man in No, well, she was furious because he'd gone to her um also residence room yeah. drunk and he and there's a thing say leave a note on the door remember those white um, message yes. boards yeah. people used to have so he left it with like a pen knife carved into the thing 
And uh, she was absolutely <laughs> furious. And uh, I said, apparently she's furious that you did that. That was a mad thing to do. Yes. He said, I was drunk. I said, it's still a mad thing to do. And he said, what about this? Rolled his sleeve up oh, and there was her Lord. name carved You've, into his arm. Did they end up together? <laughs> of course not. Okay. You described him the way that people in mafias describe. As you can see, my associate here from his carved forearm is a passionate man from <laughs> love. He was a really lovely, lovely man. Man, yeah, I must say, yeah. you know, we all, even Homer nods. <laughs> I don't know if you watch The Simpsons. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Uh, Pierre just asked me what was, um, what drew me in about the life of Samuel Johnson, Penguin Abridged version. Mm. Um just pick it up and pick any page and read about a page and you'll find out. It just it's about it's very funny for a start off. There's mm. a bit where uh, Samuel Johnson's this old guy who's a famous writer and stuff, and Boswell's this young, ambitious Scotsman who befriends him so that partly so he can write his biography, I think, partly because he's in awe of him. And they go on a boat on the Serpentine on a Sunday morning, and Boswell takes Johnson on there. Because Johnson is a famously sort of scary, difficult bloke. And there's a student tradition on the surface. Aren't you in Denise? Yeah. (laughs) There's a... (laughs) We did do a Boswell job. Yeah, now you come to mention it. Um, But the the tradition was that students would take boats out on the Serpentine and um, abuse each other. They would shout insults at each other. Um, as they went past, that was just something that happened. But Boswell didn't tell Johnson, <laughs> so they went on, and a bloke um, called him something like a fat hog, and he said, um, and the doctor st- sat completely calmly, didn't respond to this. I couldn't understand. He said, and then another person said um, uh, something like, "You are the ugliest man I've ever seen." Or very basic things. Johnson still said nothing. And uh, it became clear that Johnson was working out what was going on. When they got to the next boat, Johnson said to the guy on it, your mother, (laughs) under the pretense of keeping a bawdy house, is a receiver of stolen goods. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like a whole new level of insults that he went on to. It's full of stuff like that. Brilliant. Anyway, uh, that's uh, me advertising a book from the 18th century. <laughs> are you Wistful. Doing, yeah. Are you doing a, a, yeah. a collab with Light them. review, we used to call it, remember? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun hashtag ad on Instagram. Hi, guys, I'm here with Samuel Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, shut up. Pay, yeah. par- pay partnership with Samuel Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Partnership with the estate of Samuel Johnson. <laughs> My goodness. Have um, we heard from our beloved readers? We have. Um, we have this regarding Waterstones. Uh-huh. Not paying us. This isn't a hashtag paid collab. Well, it might be slagging them off, so let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was in Waterstones trying to read complete poetry books, as I always do. I tell you my problem with um, Waterstones is oh. um, staff picks... Why? Uh, Why don't you like do you, staff picks? Do you resent the staff picks? <laughs> staff picks. <laughs> Hang on. What about this one? I read this one uh, and it said, um, Melanie, this book took me on a flight of fancy. I thought you were in retail, Melanie. Stick to the facts. <laughs> oh, my God, Frank, that's so rude. And then I found out that they're not... Uh, I was told this could be wrong. Don't I'd tell love me to they're know. not real. No, they're not real. no. Cynical staff picks. What about when I, when, when I published my first book? They said it's going to be in. Um, should I name the shop? Yeah, W. Oh. H. Smith Top Ten. I said, how do you know? They said, well, we paid. We paid for it to be in there. <gasps> lies oh, upon it's a lies. Corrupt game. A library of lies. Of course, they could have been lying to me. I'm not saying it's definitely true. This is. Can you hear me winking? Boing <laughs> Um so, yeah, I know. It's, uh, I'm shocked by the stuff. I'm very shocked. Well, we're, I haven't been shocked since the 80s. Okay. Think yourselves lucky that you've still got that in you. <laughs> Frank Skinner. We've uh, heard from Alex uh, regarding... Uh, it's, it's a bit of a Alex. previously. Oh, yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> dear Frank, Emily and Pierre, a returning listener second time correspondent after a 10-year listening interregnum. Wow. I know. Yeah. Well, Imagine not having a radio for 10 years. Um, I, think, I don't think it means they didn't have a radio. I think that's exactly what it means. <laughs> okay. It was like returning home to hear old favourites such as Camaroy Cropper, Do You Know Samuel Pepys? Live, you say, and many more. Yeah. You may remember some 12 years ago I wrote to the show... Of course. <laughs> ...regarding unexpected items for a goth to purchase. Chief among them was black pudding. I do actually remember <laughs> this. I, <laughs> I think it's fair, yeah. Having listened back through recent podcasts, I'd like to make an entry into previously, whilst at a performance of Titus Andronicus in Stratford-upon-Avon, of all places, mm. an older gentleman began loudly opening and eating lemon sherbets. Mm. <sighs> My annoyance turned to laughter in the interval when another man with the most restrained British politeness asked the elderly man if he might pre-open some sweets in advance of the second half. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh. I know you're not supposed to say this anymore, but I do love the English. <laughs> yeah. I bet he went, excuse me, might you pre-open pre some of your lemon I'm sherbet? surprised he didn't go so far as to offer to pre-open some. <laughs> I want to know the response to that. Did he yeah, pre-open? We need to know. I would like to know. I, um, Alex says, I couldn't stop thinking about that moment until the final sons in pies scene snapped me out of it. Mm, that would do. In fact, that is a, that's a reference to... Do you remember we talked about Theatre of Blood the other week? I do, oh, indeed. Yes. And uh, Robert Morley was a critic and he had a... Uh, his dogs, he had his lovely pet his poodles. dogs. His poodles. And they were um, killed and put in pies because Ma the... Was it a Titus Andronicus reference? Yeah. I think it might have been. Yeah, yeah so um, it was all the deaths. This actor kills all the critics who have slagged him off That's and it. he kills them all in a Shakespearean fashion. The um, We had a, actually a previously from Mark. some ideas. That. Yeah, yes. Mark uh, uh, emailed in saying the Vincent Price film was called The Abominable Dr. Phoebes. No. Or Phoebes. 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 Um, there is a film called Abominable Dr. Phoebes, but Theatre of Blood, I'm... He's wrong about pretty it. ...pretty confident is an actor um, taking theatrical revenge it on, on But several. it gave Mark's family a little meme, he says. Robert Morley being fed his own poodles in a pie, brackets lots no. of white bechamel and pink poodle. Mount Frank, sort of that's Theatre of Blood, Frank. Yeah. Um, but says, in my family, if any meat pie or any meat looked somewhat suspect or underdone, we would always say, ooh, poodle pie... Oh, that's a nice little. But reference. you know, the memory plays tricks. I'm ninety nine point nine nine that it was Theatre of Blood. I don't want to uh, defibes his family. It might be a Mandela effect. We never know. John Want has got in touch. Yeah, Mandela was definitely not in Theatre of Blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, Frank on the radio. Can I tell you what? Something interesting about Theatre of Blood is I saw the stage version of Theatre of Blood years later and in the original Theatre of Blood the assistant of um, Vincent Price was Diana Rigg yes, and in it. the stage version it was Rachel Sterling her daughter oh, oh. sorry carry on Emily um, John Want hello Frank on the radio re-celebrity dentist when I was a kid my dentist Mr Wolf had around his waiting room a few of the really long end credit cartoons from Esther Ranson's That's Life. Wow. As his son used to draw them. Impressive. Yeah. Don't you just love dentists? No. No. Oh, <laughs> no I who's do. Who's ever said that? <laughs> well, a maybe. A way to end the link. <clears throat> well, an extractor fan. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. What? Do something. Tim Key's in the room. Hello, Tim Key. Hello, Tim Frank. Key. Hello. Always Hello, a joy. Hello, Pierre. Hey, man. Oh, I should say before we go on, <laughs> sorry that this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean, Pierre Novelli and Tim Key. You can text the show on 81215, follow us on X and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, email via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. I like the hat. Thank you. I'll tell you why I like the hat. Go on. Because most people who wear a baseball hat with an American baseball team on it, especially if they go East Coast, they go the Yankees. Right. And you've gone the Mets. Right. I didn't know it was a baseball team. Okay. Yeah. And I used to be such a fan of the Mets that I have flown to New York for a long weekend and watched four consecutive Mets games on my own. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's lovely to see that cap. But what but happened to this Mets love? 
Well, what happens to so many loves in life? <laughs> it was the star that burnt too bright. Yeah. I think you overdid it, didn't you? I think I did. I bought a tapestry. Right, well, it's yeah. an embroidered... I think you know you're in too deep into a sports team when you buy the tapestry. <laughs> I bought... I bought... Was it a half-and-half uh, half tapestry? An embroidered... Away in home. It was an embroidered celebration of the 1969 World Series win. That sounds and lovely. Not only have I got the tapestry, I got a, I got a picture of the, the manager of the Mets at that time in his office with the tapestry on his wall behind him. Amazing. Oh, right. Mm. Anyway, how well, are yeah, I'm not bad, yeah. It's like, I've, I mean, I've heard more sort of um, um, sort of personal intros, I suppose. <laughs> it drifted a bit, didn't it? Well, don't wear the hat. <laughs> Not like tapestry-led intros. You should be able to wear a hat without getting your tapestry stuff. <laughs> <laughs> don't go in with a prompt and then get sniffy about it. Look, okay, we'll get straight down to it. Tim Key's got a new book out. Yeah. And I'll tell you something. Mm-hmm. I had an exciting moment. I had an envelope mm-hmm. arrive yesterday. This was inside. Oh, great. And a handwritten card from what I consider to be the golden girl of the contemporary arts and crafts movement, Emily Juniper, who, as you know, works on all Tim's books. Yes. Certainly of late. She works very hard on them. And they're beautiful, beautiful. Uh, And so is she. Yeah, well, I've never met her, and I like it better that way because well, yeah. she's like she couldn't handle deliver it, could she? She's an imagine. I don't think I could. Do I that. googled her. Did you? I was intrigued. I thought that was gossip. <laughs> <laughs> she was everything I hoped. She had a Brett on top. Did oh. she? That's what I wanted. Yeah. Anyway, but again, we're, side- we're getting very sidetracked, aren't we? Tell it- oh, we're getting closer yeah. to talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about your book. <laughs> It's, We're it's talking a, about Emily's which, let's face it, is why you're here. <laughs> it it's a spiral. Tell us about your book. Um, well, it's a book of poetry. It's called Chapters. It's a very bold yellow book. And the idea of it is that um, you can fit it in your pocket, in your back pocket. I love that. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I was only saying to Emily in Foyle's bookshop last week, sometimes I buy books just because I think that would fit in my pocket. Absolutely, just to get you home. Yeah. Yeah. Would you read... For us, there's yeah. what? Can I pick one? Yeah. Oh, you've probably got some you like doing, but there's no, one that no. I really took to. It's coincidentally, it's on page 101. Oh, that is a coincidence. It's called Todd. <laughs> is it right? Okay, yeah, I know that one. Well, I, know I should one. hope you do know that one. one. Yeah. I like this They're one. All very familiar to me. Okay, Todd. It was transfer deadline day. <laughs> I decided to buy Todd Cantwell from Norwich. <laughs> I sold my flat and my bread maker and my House of Games carry-on suitcase and had just about enough to get him on loan. He arrived at my parents' house so he wandered through into the garden. He was sulking and I asked him what was up. Father came through with cordial and custard creams and took photos. (laughs) What's wrong, Todd? I inquired again. He asked if I had a football and I went and had a look in the shed. (laughs) (laughs) I I read that um, in the early hours and laughed out loud in a a room with just a tiny lamp. Wow. Focused on that book. I lulled. And um, what's I particularly what's particularly <laughs> wonderful about it is Todd Cantwell is a real person. Yeah, and a brilliant player. Little Will of the Wisp, isn't he? Uh, he'll be in touch, won't he? Todd? Oh, you'd hope so. He's yeah. gone. He's, he can't have been in many poems. You never know who's referencing. You know who's reading the references. It'd be great for Todd to reach out. Someone's yeah. got a tip off Todd. <laughs> Someone must know Todd. He lives in Glasgow, doesn't he, Todd? Well, probably he plays for as you uh, as you say. Because I should say, there's a sort of a um, there's a conceit. Oh, there is a conceit in this mm. book. There's an ongoing dialogue with um, Golden Girl of contemporary arts and crafts scene, Emily June. Happy for you to reference her, but let's not get bogged down with her. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Down is he coming in? <laughs> so Bob anyway, down. he won't let Bob Down go. No. So um, oh, well, hold on. I think it's the end of the link. I oh. will come back, and then you can explain the conceit, if yeah. you will. It's lovely to see you, Tim. Oh, it's lovely to see you, By too. the way, I know we're being a bit ironic, but I love Tim Key. Yeah, I love Frank yeah. Skinner and other people. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, this news just in. Sheila Edwards, the post lady, delivered my copy of Chapters just moments ago. So excited oh. to read it. Yeah, but I bet they didn't get a handwritten card <laughs> from uh, Emily like I did. The great Emily Juniper. Yeah, exactly.
So, yes, the, so that there are poems, fabulously funny and intriguing poems. And then there's a sort of dialogue that runs through you. What's it all about, Tim? Well, yeah, I think I've been doing that for about, well, the last three books. Mm. Just a sort of trundling old dialogue. Often in the last two books with different people, including um, I did have one dialogue with you in yes. the last book. Yes. And now I've um, uh, distilled it all down to just one constant bubbling little dialogue between me and the great Emily Juniper. Does Emily Juniper in reality comment on your poems and say, I don't understand that, or you should change this, <laughs> or would that be the end of what's been a very um, warm and productive relationship? There's a grey area between the Emily Juniper who lives in Cornwall and the Emily Juniper that I've invented in the book. OK. So there's sometimes where she says something and then says, oh... That's the Emily Juniper from the book who just said that, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have another one before we go on? Please? Yes. Yeah, which one do you want? Well, I, I'm happy to let you pick, but there is another one I really oh, like, good. and it's short. Yeah. Give it's us another short. one. Yeah. It's about... Um, let me make sure. It's called Meal Deal. Oh, yeah, got that one here. That's yeah. what I've got the book opened on, on Meal Deal. That is... Beyond so, coincidence. It'd be mad for us to not read Meal, oh, meal Deal from this point, wouldn't go on. <clears throat> Meal Deal. The chap in Pret said he'd give me my mocha for free if I gave his boss a dead arm and called him a twerp. I said I'd do no such thing, I'd be happy to pay. He said he'd throw in a banana and a carrot cake. I looked at the smoothies and he told me that that stuff wasn't part of the deal. <laughs> I bit my lip. Which one's your boss? His eyeballs twitched towards a thin, bald fellow, and I slid my Barclays Premier card back into my shirt pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. me banging the desk. Tremendous. <laughs> no, that was me. <laughs> I really enjoyed... Um, there's also another one based around Pret where you, you over-order... I know. I think that's where it sort of drifts into real life. You know, when people say, where do you get your ideas? I definitely had overordered. <laughs> well, I, I sympathise because yeah. I also cannot restrain myself in a prep before I, a long train journey exactly. sometimes. I'm yeah. OK in a prep outside of journeys. Yeah. But the pre-journey prep is a little bit... Um, well, I think Book Emily says you're but, always going on about prep. <laughs> yes. And that's she like, does say that. Cornwall Emily also says I'm always, <laughs> okay. always going on about prep. Frank, can I tell you my favourite opening to a poem in Tim Key's book? Tim Peake's book as well. I've read that too. The first two, this is my favourite ever opening to any poem in the history of poetry. Okay, the only man for the job. There was nothing else for it. Eddie Howe was appointed as Chancellor. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's another slight obsession of mine, Eddie Howe. I'd like to know whether he's he's reading the poems, because he's referenced a lot. He Mm. should be aware. Someone must know Eddie. Yeah, there all was this, nothing all these else guys. for it. But there's nothing... <laughs> but Todd Cantwell, if you were going to make up <clears throat> someone who played for Norwich, you couldn't come up with a better name than Todd Cantwell. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's, oh, it's sensational. So, um, will these... Um, are these poems that have been live poems and have become book poems, or are they book poems that will become live poems? Oh, good question. They're sort of a mixture. <clears throat> They're, in general, poems that I've... I wrote in um, over the last 18 months, I think. So they're generally, I've put them on my Instagram, at Tim Key Poet, and... Free? What? Free? Mm, at that, yeah, I think so. Although, you know, you, you, it's a tangled web, isn't it? At some point, hopefully, then someone buys the book. What, are you uh, suggesting you did, should do a Hey Guys paid collab? Well, it's just, you know... Who am I doing the paid collab with, though? <laughs> Todd Cantwell. Okay, right, yeah, I would do a paid collab with Todd Cantwell. (laughs) I don't Um, know what the fee would be So I'd sort of slap them up on Instagram, but that would probably mean that I quite like that poem, so then there would maybe be a chance that I would be reading it out somewhere as well. Mm. But I'd say maybe in this book, yeah, maybe about a third of them I've read out on stage. Probably no more than that. V, V prolific. If I was your teacher, that's what I would write on this book. V prolific, that's good, yeah. yeah. Big if, of course. Pardon? Big if. You're not, you wouldn't be my No, no, I know. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> You're all right. I thought you were calling me. You spin my nickname, Big If. Oh, that's cool. Mentor, so was, maybe. You could be my mentor. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. I was. I recently turned down a mentorship. Wow. Later. Extraordinary thing to say. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio.
Okay. Uh, we should say, by the way, there will be people at home thinking, I'd really like to read uh, Tim Key's chapters. It sounds like a funny book. I, I love its yellowness, as you've already mentioned. Easy to find. And um, it has just gone live. Can you explain what that means, Tim? Um, I can give it a crack, definitely. Um, so we uh, the published the, the the publication date is November the fifth. Mm. I think we thought that people would remember that because that's the same as Guy Fawkes Night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring so tight to a, like an anti-Catholic oppression. Wow, yeah, that's not how we were phrasing it in our minds, but... <laughs> Is there a more pro-Catholic date we could have released it on? Well, Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Fra- Frank, they're going to take the book and nail it to the door of the church. <laughs> OK. It's a lovely stocking filler, actually. Yeah? Um, so then, um, well, found out I was going to come on this show, and so the book gets released tomorrow... But Emily Juniper, who's in charge of all this stuff, mm. has clicked the button. So if people want to order it now, it's live during the show. OK. And then I think she might, you know, um, slam the door shut at Ooh. the end of the show. Has it got a sort of a... Um, Go on. ...domain name? What? <laughs> Is, are you, you trying know, to ask like why, where, where do people get it? You know Lion World <laughs> at London <laughs> Zoo? <laughs> No, it hasn't got a domain name like okay. Lion World. Okay, just what, asking. What's Lion World? It's a, the the lion section. Oh God, yeah, I knew it. I'm stuck. That's inexcusable. I should have known that. Um, so I, well, this, yes, her her website's called utterandpress.co.uk, and that's where the book is currently um, twitching. Okay, and it is prop as you can tell from the two poems which I carefully selected. It is um, hilarious. And also, oh. it's possible to sort of see these poems moving about and having a heartbeat through the work of the animator William Child. The great William Child. Yes. William Child... Um, Do you what? know William Child? No. Oh, go on. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know him, no. but I liked his quote. It says, well, actually, in, in the blurb, it says, for long-time fan William, the collaboration was something of a dream come true. Wow. Yes, yeah, so I think I put you. together that blurb. Yeah. <laughs> See, I couldn't. I'd have been too embarrassed to say that of myself. <laughs> Some people, they just they just put it out there. Yeah. But anyway, the, they're... I love the uh, this um, clay claymation. Oh yeah, this guy's crazy. He came and watched my show in Bristol maybe about two years ago, and then uh, afterwards said, "If you're around before you you know take the tour to the next town, come to the studio." And I went to his studio. There's a lot of clay in that studio. Wow, and a lot of famous people like you know as a like a. They're just they're about that size, which in can you not um, do that size well, on I've radio? Well, I've done it. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not I'm not going to. But you might have gestured seven or eight that. feet yeah, into the have. sky. I might have. I might have gestured a millimeter. The point <laughs> is, people people can Google William Child and try and find a picture of his studio because yeah. I'm not going to say what size these things are. <laughs> <laughs> Did yeah. he used to be Billy Childish, the musician? Because it just sounds a bit of a coincidence that it he's now yeah. called William Child. It's a bit neat, isn't it? Yeah. If you're I'm thinking, child, um, did you change witness, it to child? Is he uh, witness protection? That's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> well, the point being, he's made one minute, um, well, maybe less, little tiny animations mm. using clay of three of my poems, and two of them, are, I think, are released. You can find them on my Instagram, at Tim Key Poet. They, but they yeah, are beautiful. This they guy good. is... Good likeness of you. Wowee. I think. Well, Do you get to keep your... Has he given you a little model of you to keep? Well, I can't really, because of the size. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I forgot they were 38 feet high. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. There's been some questions sent in by our readers, Tim. Would you be prepared to answer those? Yeah, I'll rattle a few off. Go OK. On. OK. Um... Mr. Scary Mole has been in touch. What does the job of task consultant actually entail? And this is in regard, I presume, to it's, your role it's a on credit, Taskmaster. It's a credit on Taskmaster. Yeah. And that's probably where it begins and ends. It's a credit. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, there's not much behind it. Do you actually make well, it? It's a ceremonial thing? role, I think. Oh, OK. Sometimes oh. Alex calls me and says, what do you think of me putting this person on the show? And I say, yeah, fair play. You do what you need to do. <laughs> do you get to wear a chain and ermine? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, before I take the call. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. bit of a scramble when Alex's name comes up on the phone. 
<laughs> okay, next reader question. Paul Jackson, would he ever do Strictly? Uh, no, I wouldn't do Strictly. Why not? <clears throat> um, I, I, I don't need to say why not. Okay. Frank often does explain why not because well, he loves. I've Strictly. turned it down, and I wouldn't mind. I'd like to learn to dance. That'd yeah. be fabulous. But, but out I, of the I public will... eye, probably. Well. I, just, I think it'd be a bit exposing you learning to dance. I actually, don't. Frank. I don't mind looking like a terrible dancer. What I don't want to look like is is a grinning fool in the background during that is interviews. Great. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to take part in inane <laughs> VT yep. things where I pretend there's a ghost in the studio. Exactly. These are the reasons <laughs> I don't want to do it. The dancing, I think, would be lovely. I don't mind being a bad dancer. What I don't want to be is a bad human being. <laughs> okay. Next question. Um, Ruth Jordan, one of our regulars, would like to know if you have a favourite bra. Of fat face. Oh, great, yeah. I, Can you uh, explain this reference? Um, I can't really, but I know that when, when I read my book back, I talk about fat face quite a lot. Yeah. I'm often in fat face in my in my book. Yes. And actually, I did find it was a quite peculiar experience last week when I went into a branch of fat face. Is before. fat face a fast food outlet? Wow. Is that no. another dig? I have lost weight. I don't know what Fat Face... Well, you brought up Fat Face. Is I brought it? up Fat Face as a, as a retail chain and, and then you've just hit, hit back with... I don't know. Have you what been it, eating a lot I of burgers? I don't know what they sell at Fat Face. <laughs> Clothing. The only time I... The first time I heard the name Wilco yeah. was um, as in its obituary. That was the first time I came across Wilco. Yeah, but Smiggle, Smiggle comes up and you're Smiggle, all over it. Smiggle is worth a it's trip. A what is Fat Face? Well, Fat Face is Smiggle for clothes, basically. Oh, OK. That sounds brilliant. It's quite outdoorsy, Frank. They should use that, shouldn't they? <laughs> Smiggle for clothes. <laughs> well, I think my book is Smiggle for poems. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's various. <laughs> Practical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, we, I'm going to ask you for another one after this break. If you, if you, you can pick your own this time, because I feel I've imposed them on you, but... Finding ones that don't have the swearing in. That's not, the key, isn't it, with that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah, but if you can do that, I'm going to give you this, this, this spell to find one. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Now, as well as Tim Key's Chapters book, which is out officially on the 5th of November, but you can get now if you go... Yes, Emily Juniper's eased the door open for yeah. a moment. ..on her um, Otter and Press um, website. But there are also... I've been handed... A, you know when you hold paper and you think, if this was blank, I'd still want to own it. It feels mm. so... Beautiful. Oh, good. Tim Key has come to associate himself with the objet d'art. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's bought out. Um, who would have thought it? Objet. Yeah. And he has bought out now a series of prints suitable for framing on beautiful paper, which I think. If I was trapped on the ground after um, Storm Millicent arrives yep. at the weekend, I think I could feed on this paper for probably three weeks. You would gnaw, yeah. gnaw the print. It's fibrous. Mm. That's how thick the paper is. Tell us more about these prints. Um, some nice people came to my show and said they had a gallery and they said they'd like to make the poems. That I, I read the poems on stage off little playing cards little scraps of... A lot of people come to your show and make you exciting business they offers. They make me an offer that I can't yeah. refuse. Yeah, well, that used to happen to me, but it was, I love you, take me in your arms. <laughs> but that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> but you get actual business offers. I love how romantic he's making it <laughs> yeah. as well. I get actual business, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these two people, they said, let's go to the pub and uh, let's, talk, let's talk art. Mm. And we went to the pub, we talked art, and now... A year later, this is the result, which is a very simple idea. We just uh, blew up the poems so they're now nice and big, but they're the same cards I read off on stage. See, I like that. I like the authenticity of knowing mm. that this was in your beer-soaked hand in front yeah. of a yeah, live audience. Yeah, this would have been pulled from a pocket, read out and thrown down onto the beer-stained floor yeah. maybe... 80 times these yeah. times. Yeah. Flung. Flung, sorry, yeah. <laughs> My bad, yeah. yeah. Sorry, flung. 
I'm still yeah. reeling from Aubrey Dar. So mm-hmm. how do we get our hands on... Well, you've just given me one. So yeah. Yeah. why am so I interested? End, end of conversation, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how does anyone get one of these? Well, again, the old um, Instagram, at Tim Key Poet, will sort of... You can um, get there through there. You're in industry. Um, but also it's called Stowe Gallery, so you can Google that probably. Stowe yeah. as in Stowe on the Wold in the Cotswolds? Well, I reckon, because I went to their, to their house where they also, like, you know, make them and stuff. And um, it did feel very much like I was in the Cotswolds, I have to be oh. honest. Did you, um, do you do that thing of having a little table at your um, gigs afterwards where you sell your books and prints? Oh, God, that'd be pretty tragic. Well, a lot of comedians do it. Yeah, I do, yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> on my tour. <laughs> do you do it? I did on my tour, yeah, but that's because... Yeah. Um, um, well, me and Emily made these books, and the show was about... that. Sh- my last show was about lockdown, and, mm. and I, we'd written two books about lockdown, so... Might as well sell them. Might, yeah, if you don't flog them. I mean, that, there's yeah. your audience. Well, yeah, I right worked there. with um, uh, one of your precursors, John Hegley, who was a comedy poet who was on the, well, still is, but was on the circuit when I first started. He's fantastic. And he used to sell, he's fantastic. He used to um, sell one of my favourite rhymes ever. What's Eddie that? don't like furniture. If you buy him any, he'll return it you. Wow. <laughs> anyway, he used to sell them at the end. And I said, people like to talk, though. I said, I saw a person like, leave the end of the queue because they didn't want to queue anymore. That's a sale loss. He said, no, what I do, he said, because I was brought up a Catholic, I noticed that priests, when they talk to people, they put their arm on their shoulder as if it's a reassuring sign of affection, but they're actually moving them along <laughs> oh, like right. a conveyor belt. So there's a little tip for you. Thank you. Yeah. I was doing some, uh, selling some books after a gig and a woman came up. My partner was with me and her mom and her sister. And the woman came up and said, uh, do you remember me? We had a one night stand in 1997. Did you? No. Did you um, move so her anyway, along? So <laughs> anyway. Did I move her along? Did you move her along? You said, of course. I <laughs> Off you go. Bless you, my child. I said, well, you're not getting a cab this time. <laughs> Oh, Frank. Anyway. Please. Um, what a note Tim, to end the show on. Tim Key's book, <laughs> Chapters, is available now. You can go on his website and find out about the beautiful, beautiful prints. Are you doing live shows soon? Uh, I'm just going to quickly read this poem off one of the prints. Oh, go on. Glenn ate nine apples. By apples, I mean fags. And by eight, I mean smoked. And by nine, I mean 20. By Glenn, I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> Am I doing what, sorry? Brilliant. Live shows? No, um, having a month off, and then I'll do a couple of Christmas shows and then sort of rebuild in the new year. Well, in that case, I'm at the Lyric Theatre Shaftesbury Avenue tonight and tomorrow at five o'clock. There's still tickets, inevitably, at the stage of my career. And come and see me. (laughs) Apparently, I'm hilarious. That's what people say. And is that to your audience or to me that you're saying that? That's to you. You're always welcome to come for free because I love you. If the good Lord spares (laughs) us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now, get out.